eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's, it's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. Birds in the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. And welcome in. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It is fall. There's a chill in the air. It is elite flannel season. Boomer, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike, and you do have your flannels on. It is week four of the NFL season, and I have to tell you, some really interesting games. And remember, we also have a game in uh, London, 9.30 on Sunday morning. You like that? I do like it. I like football, man. I could watch it 24-7, honestly. I don't mind it. I just wish the matchups were better when they do it. Well, you know, the other thing, too, well, we'll get to that game a little bit later on, but, you know, you have another injured quarterback in that game that is playing injured. At least that's what the reports are. Jameis. Just, just like we had Thursday night with the Dolphins into a Tunga Bailoa. Let's get right into it. Let's yep. hit the rundown. This, this is the NFL Rundown. Well, Boomer brought it up. Let's talk about it. I think everybody saw it. It was a really tough scene with Tua. Um Boomer, I, mean, I guess give me your spin on this, uh, and then we'll we'll get into kind of the reality here. Well, it's not really a spin. It's it's the reality of what the situation is. You know, they have these independent neurologists on the sidelines. So Tua, Tua gets hurt last Sunday versus the Bills, and he comes back in and plays the entire second half without a problem. He is not showing any signs of a concussion, and after the game, Mike McDaniel says it wasn't a concussion. It was a back injury that he suffered on a – um, a quarterback sneak, and then later on, Matt Milano pushed him to the ground, and he snapped his head back, and and that's when he showed signs of what looked like to be a concussion. Now, any, uh, I guess, observer of the game and watching that, you would also say that was a concussion-like reaction in the Bills game. And lo and behold, they said it wasn't. So all week long leading up to the Bengal game, he seemed to be fine, no symptoms. Now, I had three concussions that I know of in my NFL career, and they all came with severe uh, symptoms. Uh, you're not yourself. Uh, you can't go outside. Uh, you have m- just amazing headaches. Uh, and one I took against the Bills, I was throwing up for about a week. So there were all these symptoms and signs. And, you know, his former teammate, Ryan Fitzpatrick, said on Thursday night after the injury that he had spoken to two of the night before and he had never seen him happier. So there was no sign of any sort of symptom. 
And I know the, the the New Yorker in me says, come on. The optics of it. It's bad. It's And it's a short turnaround. It it's, wasn't even Sunday to Sunday. Yeah, but he played in the second half of the Bills I game know, after I, he got injured. Boomer, none of it makes sense from the outside looking in. Only they know. And, that, and look, my thing is, what goes into one of these investigations? I have no idea. Well, I would think that now with the independent neurologist on the sideline, there's somebody up in the, in the press box that's a spotter looking at players all game long. That's all they're uh, required to do or responsible to do. And the independence of the neurologist on the sideline or the head trauma person on the sideline is vetted. You know, they're not a fan of either team. And whatever they say goes. And they put the player through protocol. Now, one of the reasons they've done that, Mike, is because we as players are our own worst enemies. Correct. Because we want to play. We want to be out there with our team. So the investigation will include the previous uh, doctor on the sideline at the Miami Bills game. And, of course, to his own words. And, of course, the coach's words, which I think are kind of unique because he's a unique coach. And now he's finding out what it means to be up there in front of the cameras trying to explain this to the fans who want who want answers, and they want them from him. Yeah, and the coming days are going to be real interesting how that gets handled because there's the actuality and then there's the optics. And Miami has got to figure this out because I'm telling you, any misstep moving forward, they are going to get killed. Well, and I guarantee in trouble. I guarantee you that the NFL put a memo out to every training staff, every doctor, every owner that this has to be handled a certain way. And I know for a fact on the NFL today on Sunday – you know, our crew will talk about it. I'm sure the Fox crew will talk about it. And the NBC crew will talk about it Sunday night. The visual was, that was tough. Um, this is my overreaction of the week. So you can go ahead and let, let, let's bat this around. Boomer, a smart man told me, I know what these teams are after about four weeks. All right. I think I know what the Bengals are. That is not a team that's going to win the division. That is not a team that's going to go far into playoffs. And I'm, I am just, I am done with that offensive line. I don't think the Bengals are, are, are that good at all. Well, you know, Joe Burrow came out after the game on Thursday night and said that his offensive line played great. He had all the time in the world, and they're still trying to figure it out. And that person who told you about four to five to six weeks was me, of course. Because that is correct. Uh, and I do believe that when Joe Burrow said it two weeks ago before they played the Jets, just relax, they are 2-0 and since that time. He just doesn't look that sharp to me. No. And, you know, Jamar Chase is not involved enough for my liking. So they'll get better as the season goes on. This is one of these teams you got to remember. They were seven and six last year, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl once he found, you know, his footing, his rhythm. And you have to remember, he is coming off of an appendectomy in, in training camp. So I don't think he's 100%, but I feel a lot better about him after the last two games, and now he'll have 10 days off until their next game. What does concern me, though? I mean, on the year. Joe Mixon, 2.7 yards a game. Not enough, and, and the brutal. offensive line has got to figure it out. There's no question about that. Four new players on that offensive line, and the, the lone holdover was the left tackle. So the other four guys are all trying to figure this whole thing yeah. out. So and Jonah Williams has struggled. Um, yes. All right, I need you to help me with coaching. You know nothing drives me crazy like coaching malfeasance in end-of-half or end-of-game situations. I want to bring up Dan Campbell. Everybody's darling. He's the wrestling character. He's exciting. Boomer, help me. End of the game against Minnesota. I I explain the idea of fourth and four. You've gone for it half a dozen times. You're on the opponent's 36. You're asking your kicker now to go and kick a career long 
there had been three kicks missed in that end of the field in Minnesota, some kind of wind tunnel or whatever it was. The windows are open. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, you can punt, you can go for it, or you can kick the field goal. He does that. And then when Minnesota's going to spike the ball, gives them a timeout only to get toasted on the next play. for the. Help me understand that process. It's, it's a mess, and this is why Nathaniel Hackett got somebody up in the booth to help him manage the game because – you know, just because you're a good communicator with your players, your players like you, you're old school like Dan Campbell, running a game is a completely different set of circumstances, and you got to be a smart guy and you got to understand decision-making. The one thing that Dan, I'll give Dan Campbell credit for is that after the game was over, he did take credit for making the wrong decision because it didn't work out. I hated that call. I, I hated it too. I would have went for it. I mean, all the analytics would tell you to go for it. Right. Uh, it's kind of – I feel like I'm with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson in week one against the Seattle Seahawks. It's fourth and five. Are you going to attempt this 58-yard field goal hey, I think outside? He, his was like 64. Or 64-yard field. That's right. So, yeah, so we've seen two kind of novice head coaches blow the most important decisions of the game. And those important decisions are always in the fourth quarter. And believe you me, I sit there with Coach Cower every Sunday on the NFL today, and I scream at him when a coach makes a mistake like that. Okay, so you and I are in lockdown. We're all in the same thing. Because, again, he's doing everything right. He is. They play for this guy. And I know people in America don't watch the Lions a lot, but Hard Knocks kind of introduced him to the world. We all love him. This is what's killing him, though. This is at least the fourth time this has happened in his year plus yeah and i'm not so sure that they don't have anybody that's helping him i mean bill belichick for a long time had a trusted ally that would help him manage games in important situations do i take a safety here do we let the team score you know do i do i punt do i go for it uh you know everybody remembers the game where the patriots were playing the the colts and it was like a fourth and five on their side of the 50 yeah. and Bill went for it and they didn't make it. That was like his own 33 or something yeah, like or that. Something it was like unheard that. of at yes. the time. And, and he didn't make it. And then after the game, all the media is like, why did you punt that ball? Well, he goes, because we couldn't stop Peyton Manning. And the only way I can stop him is by keeping him on the sideline. So every coach has had somebody that has helped them manage games, especially nowadays because of all of the scrutiny that's out there. Yeah. So, it's like a blackjack card. Exactly. If you don't know what you're doing, reference the card. Go hire an Ivy League nerd, put him on a Velcro right next to you, and go, Bob, <laughs> what do I do? What, what's the move, Bob? Pull the card out. All right. Well, you can have him up in the booth with a headset on. Whatever you, you want. Have it, he has a direct line to you when you have these situations arise. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cowboys, don't laugh. The DAC injury actually helped them in one way. They had to look in the mirror. They had to simplify, run the football, play good defense, and Cooper, we're going to ask you to make a, a big throw six to eight times a game. Am I insane for t- for that being the takeaway from the DAC injury? No, I think you're pretty right. And if you remember, two weeks ago, we talked about Cooper Rush taking over for DAC after the injury. And I told you that Mike McCarthy could be coaching for his life, for his job, essentially. 
and winning two games with a backup quarterback and that backup quarterback looking the way yeah. he has looked Calmed has been down. terrific. But the other aspect of all of this, and I think this is where you really are truly accurate, is that the entire team had to raise their level of play. Now, maybe C.D. Lamb hasn't, but I will say that that what's defense, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know what's up with him, but I don't know what, I didn't realize that the Dallas defense was as good as it is. Well, you played the Giants line. You and I could get a couple of pressures. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a Giant fan, and we'll talk about that too. But um, it's just like their defense has taken over against the Bengals yep. and against the Giants. And, yes, you could say that when they played these two teams, the offensive lines were subpar, and both teams were worried about where uh, you know Micah Parsons was. And Demarcus Lawrence certainly took advantage of the Giants. But, I look, I, I'm happy for Cooper Rush. I'm happy for Mike McCarthy. Uh, and it's going to make an interesting Jerry Jones weekly conversation. He on his already radio made shows. the comment. Now, yes. what do you? Now, I know that's Jarrah stirring the pot a little. It's what he likes to do. It's his oxygen. You don't put any stock behind that, though, do he, you? He wants a better play out of his quarterback. I do put a lot of stock in it. Uh oh. I, you know, when you hear coaches speaking through the media, this in this case, it's an owner yeah. who thinks he's a coach. Uh, I think there's something to it. Even though Mike McCarthy had to come out and say that Dak Prescott is our quarterback when he is ready to go and he is healthy. All right, I got to ask you about this because it was one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen. Seattle, you're watching the game. You're in the witching hour, right? You're watching games. And all of a sudden, they got a spaceship floating inside the stadium in Seattle, a drone Mm. stoppage for an unlicensed flying object. Mm. i never seen it before, but I I know you've got something in your career that's enticing here. I got got a million things in my career that could be enticing that uh, is kind of interesting, but it it also involves Seattle. It goes all the way back to December 10th, 1989. We were playing the Seahawks in Riverfront Stadium. The week before, there was a snowball-throwing incident in Cleveland, and it made headlines all over the place. So, lo and behold, we're playing Seattle. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are backed up on their own one-yard line. They got 99 yards to go, and people are throwing snowballs from the stands up in Riverfront. Our coach, Sam Weish, runs across the field because only in Cincinnati could you do this. The PA announcer is standing on the field. He's not up in a booth. He's walking on the sideline of the opposing team. Sam runs all the way across the sideline onto the sideline of the Seattle Seahawks, takes the microphone, and lambastes the fans and say. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. And I'm like standing on our sideline going, that's our head coach on their sideline of an NFL game. Stealing the microphone. Yelling at our own fans. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. And you probably won't see it again. Uh, You know what? I love Sam and Sam's memory. And, you know, of course, we lost him. Um, Man, it was never a dull moment with that coach. So, yeah, I've been in some very weird situations, and that one being probably the weirdest. Let me go – let's go with the Niners here. Everybody – and I agreed with the take. Everyone got real comfortable. Okay, Jimmy G's here now. They'll be better in the short term. I'm sorry. He has not looked that great. And the minute they lost Trent Williams against Denver, they ceased the ability to function. Where are we at here with Jimmy G? So you're smart. You said you see what happens when you lose Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in football. He's unbelievable. He is. And when you lose one of those guys and you pay him that much money and then you're going against like a Bradley Chubb. Look out. All of a sudden, look out. And that's exactly what happened with Demarcus Lawrence and Evan Neal because Evan Neal's not ready yet for the Giants. But is it Jimmy G's fault or is it the injury's fault? Can it be both? I, I think it could be both, but I think Jimmy's definitely got to play better. Remember, he's coming off of shoulder surgery. Remember, they had basically kicked him out of the building. Remember that he got no practice time, right. no preseason game time, and he's just really just starting to round into shape. 
So I still think that they are a very, very good team. I want. I, I got to ask you about Zach Wilson, I, and it's a theory. And I, I obviously, I'm not a big fan of Zach Wilson, but I think this oh, really? is a real unfair spot. Hold on, I give the Why kid a chance. Why is this an unfair spot? Well, because I feel the like second the, overall draft pick I know, for God's sake. But Stop I feeling feel, sorry for hold people. Hold on, a kid hasn't played. You're hurt. You now come back after it's been established this team is bad and maybe this regime's losing its grip and they're going to throw him out against Mike Tomlin on the road. Is the entire fate of this regime on this kid? Yes, and uh, we here at WFAN in New York have talked about it incessantly that they really need a standout performance by Zach Wilson. You know, Trevor Lawrence went through hell last year with Urban Meyer. This year with Doug Peterson, he looks like a completely different player, and he looks like the uh, Trevor Lawrence that should have been the number one overall draft pick out of Clemson. He looks so good. Man. Well, this is what you know. Zach Wilson has to be now. He's been in this uh, offense for two years. They have so many more playmakers around him. You know, I'm I'm a little bit more bullish on him than than you are. I know you're totally in the toilet on him, but I I, I want to see the kid play. I really haven't seen him, and I was expecting so much out of him coming into this second year. I hope he doesn't get hurt again. I want to see him play the rest of the season, and all he has to do is just have a good game so the Jet fan has something to root for because that's where they are as an organization Well, he's he's the window to hope. If he at least plays well, you can forgive the team for the shortcomings. You have hope that he can develop into something. and I I think that's where the Jaguar fan is. It's not as passionate a fan base as the Jet or the size Uh, of the fan base. It's not even close. But now they see Trevor Lawrence because they had questions about Trevor Lawrence coming into the season. No questions. And by the way, the Buffalo Bills had questions about Josh Allen coming into his yeah. second and third season. Yeah, he was only completing about 50% of his passes. And and now, all of a sudden, he's probably, if not the best, one of the top three most offensive, responsible players in the league. I mean, it just generates points and yards just at, just at will, it seems like. And they may be in the game of the week. We, we, this is a redemption week <laughs> for Zach Wilson, for many quarterbacks, for us. Because this man over here wants to pick every game. So here we are, and we need to turn this around. We will do the picks next. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenny.